0: Hello, America, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, where today we've got a big event. Yes, the 45th president of the United States, former president Donald Trump, is joining us in just a few minutes with an exclusive interview here at John Solomon Reports in just the news. So much ground to cover with him. Russia, elections, China, you name it. We're going to cover it as quickly as we can. We're so honored that the president was able to carve out some time today to make some news. And uh We're going to try to do that just for you. Now, before we get there, I want to tell you about one story, because I want to talk to the president about this. Overnight, we broke a story here at Just the News about Benny Thompson. If that name sounds familiar, he's the Mississippi congressman, a Democrat, been in Congress a very long time, since 1993, who was named by Nancy Pelosi to be the chairman of the January 6th Capitol riot investigation. And that commission has been putting out subpoenas. It's had a few hearings. And throughout this process, as one of the deans of the Democratic Party, Benny Thompson has portrayed himself as being against an event he calls an insurrection and for the police officers who were injured on that terrible day on January 6th. That's how he's portrayed himself. That's how he's been portrayed in the media. But it turns out, 50 years earlier, before... Benny Thompson was on our national radar. He was a young alderman in a small rural town of Bolton, Mississippi in 1971. He was on the opposite side of an insurrection debate, on the opposite side of police. That's right. In 1971, there was a group called the Republic of New Africa. It was on the FBI's watch list. It was, according to FBI informants, a group that was plotting guerrilla warfare against the United States to try to take, if necessary by force, land in five southern states, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, and South Carolina, and create a new country called the Republic of New Africa here on U.S. soil. They had meetings that the FBI monitored where they signed a new Declaration of Independence. The members renounced their citizenship, and they engaged in violent clashes with police from 68 to 72 Seventy-three. I found at least three instances in which police officers were killed while trying to arrest or serve search warrants upon members of this RNA, Republic of New Africa. And in the midst of all of the violence, in the midst of all the controversy, in the midst of all of the racial strife of early 1970s Mississippi, Benny Thompson spoke out. And he didn't speak out on behalf of the officers who were shot dead by this group. He didn't speak out against insurrection or succession, which this group stood for. Instead, he spoke out in favor of the group suggested that police should just leave the group alone, suggested that police were to blame for some of the problems that this group was encountering. That occurred in the spring of 1971, the first time. Here, listen to the clip. You'll understand what I'm talking about. This is Benny Thompson at a press conference right after a group of RNA members were arrested for obstructing justice because they were trying to prevent law enforcement from executing warrants and search warrants at a location in Mississippi. This is what Benny Thompson had to say back then are treated fairly and given every opportunity afforded them by law. This was not done in the case of the Republic of New Africa. They are charged with obstructing justice. This, I believe, is an attempt on part of law enforcement officials to stop the Republic from building its community. My position is that people are entitled to live as they choose, so long as they are law-abiding and peaceful. All right, very different sentiments, right, from the Benny Thompson that just a few weeks ago was consoling the the police who were wounded during the Capitol riot on January 6th. Very different sentiments. He's for the insurrection group or for the republic, he even calls it a republic, and their efforts to create a community on U.S. soil. You heard him say that, right? And against, sort of negative against the police. Now, that became even more pronounced in August of 1971 when... A squad of Jackson, Mississippi police officers and FBI agents went to execute four search warrants on a safe house where many of the RNA members were holed up, by the way, lots of ammunition and guns in a lot of the places where the FBI went, including that early incident I just talked about. On that day, the FBI and the Jackson Police Department announced they were coming to search warrants. They gave RNA members 75 seconds to exit peacefully or begin exiting peacefully. They did not. The police then fired a tear gas canister into the house to try to flush out the people, flush them out. And then the RNA members, according to police and FBI reports I reviewed, opened fire on those law enforcement officials. They killed one Mississippi police officer. They seriously wounded a second police officer. And they wounded an FBI agent who had been on scene to run the operation. Three law enforcement injured or killed that day. Earlier, there was a police officer in Detroit killed right outside an RNA event. And in New Mexico, three RNA members who were being arrested by a New Mexico police officer killed that police officer. Some of them fled. Guess where they fled to? Communist Cuba. This is the type of group we're talking about. Well, after that Jackson police episode, which made national headlines, by the way, and put the RNA on the national map, even the New York Times wrote about it as an extremist group. They killed this cop. Benny Thompson joined a group of young black leaders in Jackson, Mississippi, to have a press conference. And the purpose of that press conference was to announce a group that would support the Republic of New Africa. Support this group that the FBI considered terrorist, violent, seditious, right? And at the press conference, speakers sitting right around Benny Thompson. He's part of this group. Literally blamed the police for getting themselves killed at this episode. Not because they were lawfully serving a search warrant, which by the way, the courts had approved. They blamed the cops for having a get those in, I'm not going to use the word, attitude. And that's what cost the police officer his life. That's what this press conference argued. They blamed the police for getting killed. When in fact, all the police were doing were to execute a lawful search warrant about a group that Almost everybody who studied them agrees, left, right, center, was an extremist group, a group with violent tendencies, talking about guerrilla warfare, talking about succession from the United States. It was a black nationalist separatist group by its own definition. The Energy Department, and I put this study up on our website, actually called it an extremist group, a terrorist group. That's who Benny Thompson was consorting with, sympathizing with, defending In 1971. And who was he demeaning? Well, by inference or directly, the police. He accused the police of being abusive to the group, not letting them set up their community and then participate in a press conference where other speakers, at least, claimed that the police were to blame for getting shot and killed while executing a lawful search warrant. That's Benny Thompson of 50 years ago. That is who is the chairman of the January 6th Commission today. What does that mean? You decide. All the documents, the FBI documents, the Mississippi police documents, everything about this group, the killings of the police officer, all documented for you to see. You can grab the documents, make up your own mind. But when you see Benny Thompson out there sympathizing with police officers today and speaking out against the insurrectionists that he said stormed the Capitol on January 6th, and as you know, I have always denounced what went on on January 6th. It was a criminal event, just like the riots in the summer of 2020 in big blue cities around the country. It was just as bad. Both sides have engaged in criminal conduct, but went on in January 6 and what went on in the riots before them were all wrong. Wrong, morally, ethically, legally, criminally. But that man that is now credibly, or at least claiming he wants to credibly investigate this and showing sympathy for police, speaking out against insurrection or separatism. Well, he himself was on the different side of that debate 50 years ago. Important facts to know. All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, and I'm gonna be sure to ask him about this Benny Thompson stuff, is the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, joining us right after this commercial break. Temp check, what kind of summer are we having this year? all right folks welcome back from the commercial break and as promised a very special guest he needs no introduction he is the 45th president of the united states donald trump mr president welcome to the show
1: Thank you very much, John.
0: It is an honor to have you on. And I want to start with something because just before your administration left office, you tried to do something to combat this critical race theory that was going through the schools. You delivered with the 1776 curriculum, and that touched off a movement in America. Parents confronting school boards about what their kids were learning last night. The Attorney General, Merrick Garland, announced that he's asked the FBI to investigate parents who are questioning their school boards. What's your reaction to that decision? What does it mean about free speech in America more largely?
1: Well, it's very tough because the parents are very uh, wounded by what's taken place by, in many cases, radical left school boards. And you would certainly think they have a, a voice, and they have a voice as to how their children are going to be educated, brought up, and educated. And That's a very tough stance. There's no question about it. I heard that late last night, and I was somewhat surprised by it, but nothing surprises me too much anymore. I ended that whole situation, as you know. I ended it and ended it strongly. You did. And as soon as the uh, radical left got in, they reinstituted it. And the parents, I guess what I did, maybe almost more importantly than ending it, is I alerted the country as to what's going on with their schools and with the school board and with the military, by the way, where you have the same thing happening in the military. We fired all of those people that were doing it, but now they've been hired again and they get a lot of money. They get a lot of money, more money than most people make in government, more money than the president of the United States got paid, which I got nothing, of course, because I didn't take. Right. I didn't take the money. Nobody talks about that. But more money than the president of the United States, these people are making, And uh, they're all over the place. It's a very dangerous situation for the country, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I know it is. And you can see it. You did start a movement. Parents got alerted by that 1776 curriculum, and that's really where it got started. I think There's so. There's no doubt. China's been buzzing Taiwan last few days with warplanes, lots of them. Nerves are on edge in the Pacific. Joe Biden started to talk like Donald Trump on China all of a sudden. But I want to ask you this How would you, if you're president again, how would you deal with this threat of China right now? It's, it's an intimidation campaign against our longtime ally, Taiwan.
1: Well, I think I dealt with them very well. I took in billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars from China. Nobody else took in 10 cents ever. Not one president ever did anything. In fact, I hear that uh, Biden may leave my big taxes and I tax China and tariff China. And nobody ever thought that was possible. And we took in just billions. I gave $28 billion of that money to the farmers over a two-year period. They got 12 and they got 16. Billion and the farmers that saved the farmers because they boycotted the farms. You remember right. that? So I do. I ended up, the farmers did very well, and now the farmers are really doing well. I'll be in Iowa next week doing a big rally, which will be fantastic, I think, Saturday night. So it's going to be something very special. But the farmers are great, but they were taken advantage of by China. And I was tough on China. I also got along great with President Xi until the China virus came in. Once the China virus Uh, Reared its ugly head I was uh, a different kind of a guy but I had a great relationship with him as I did with most of the leaders even though I treated them tougher because they were every single country I'll I'll tell you this John every single country without exception was taking advantage of the United States from the big ones to the little ones deals that were so stupid from our standpoint not even sustainable but if you look at what was happening with the European Union, I mean, they were almost as bad as China. And by the way, we lost with them $150 billion a year, $150 billion a year. Now, China was $502 billion a year. But the European Union, they didn't sell our cars. They basically don't buy our farm product. They bought very little from us. We had a deficit of 150, 100 and actually between it varied between 150 and 190 billion dollars. You know, sounds innocent, the European Union, but they were very good at clipping the United States also. And if you look at South Korea, I made a new trade deal with them. It was horrible before. That was done by Hillary Clinton. Right. And if you look at Japan, I made a different trade deal with them. But, you know, Japan, as an example, they sold cars into the United States, but we couldn't sell any into them. I said, that doesn't sound too fair to me. And uh, we did a lot of things. And then we got hit with COVID and uh, we had to go back into a different mode, obviously. But I was tough on other countries, and yet I got along with the leaders.
0: Yeah, you did. If they try to invade or attack Taiwan, U.S. has to stand with Taiwan, doesn't it?
1: Well, I never comment on that, but I will tell you that I can guarantee you that If I were president, they would not have done it. They wouldn't be sending planes over right now. For four years, you never heard anything. You didn't? Taiwan wasn't even mentioned. No. Okay, for four years. It was only after I left with a rigged election, by the way, that's destroying our country, soon to be destroyed, as far as I can see. But uh, when I left, this all started. I spoke to President Xi about that on numerous occasions. He understood. He understood where he came from. He would not. I will tell you, look, I will tell you 100 percent certain they would not have done anything with Taiwan while I was president. That doesn't mean after I was president, because that's a new group of people, as you have right now. But if I were there for another four years, they would not have been even thinking about Taiwan. They understood that.
0: Yeah, they did. They had clarity from you. There's no doubt about it.
1: Just as the Taliban had clarity. They did. Don't kill any soldiers. For 18 months, they killed no soldiers. Uh, We had them so boxed in. It was going to be perfect. We were going to get all our citizens out and some others that deserved it, not the people that came out. We have people that we have no idea who they are that just poured into the airplanes. Yeah. But we were going to take our military equipment out. We would have had no soldiers killed. And we would have had the military come out last, not first. Who would bring the military out first? Yeah. There was nobody there to protect anybody. It was crazy.
0: It is. And we would
1: have kept Bagram because of China.
0: Absolutely, it was our strategic stronghold. It's a, even a first-year cadet right. would have known that.
1: <laughs> Anybody would have, a yep. child would have known that. That's right. A child, no, it's incredible, actually, what's it's an happened.
0: Amazing drop. I want to get to elections in just one second, but before I do, we had a story this morning. Benny Thompson, chairman of the January 6th Commission, back 50 years ago, he was against cops and embracing an insurrectionist group, a black revolutionary group that had killed cops and also threatened to take land from the southern state by force. Do you think he's fit to be the chairman? of of the January 6th commission.
1: Well, I'm just hearing this now, and I read what you have unearthed. That's a big statement because he's, you know, very radical left and talking about the insurrection. The insurrection took place on November 3rd. That was the insurrection when they rigged the election. The big insurrection, the real insurrection, really the crime of the century, that took place on November 3rd and not on January 6th. And no, if if he has a record like that, I think it's something that should be actually brought up and studied by the unselect committee.
0: Yeah. And as far as compliance, they're dropping subpoena on all of your former advisors. Do you plan to invoke executive privilege, plan to fight some of these requests?
1: Well, I'm mixed because we did nothing wrong. So right. I'm sort of saying, why are we hiring lawyers to do this? I'd like to just have everybody go in and say what you have to say. We did nothing wrong. They did something wrong. The investigation should be on the election of November 3rd on the presidential election of 2020. That's what the committee should be set up for. And that should be a select committee, not an unselect committee, where we don't have even representatives on there because they didn't want our representatives. And uh, that should be a, uh, a select committee and they should investigate the election fraud because many states had fraud, many, many states. And I won't go over it now with you, but you know exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, absolutely. In fact, I I do want to mention some of those because the tide has really changed, much like Russia collusion, right? It was Russia collusion, then there was no Russia collusion. On election, 200,000 ballots are now questioned by the Wisconsin Supreme Court, 50,000 flagged in the Arizona audit, 40,000 in DeKalb County. That was something we did last week. Now under investigation, 29 pages of problems in Fulton County. And now the Secretary of State wants to take over Fulton County before he said it was a perfect election how much are you surprised by the change and then also what are the next steps for you what can you do to keep pressing this case
1: well we are pressing it and we're gonna continue to press it and a lot of very good people say sir we should think to the future think to the future I said well you're not gonna have a future if you don't solve the past and we don't want the same thing to happen in 22 and 24 But, you know, they say think to the future. Some some bad ones say that, but some very good people, people that you like, I like, they really feel that way. Think to the future. But what are we going to think? We won that election by a lot. You know, those numbers that you talked about in those various states, those are all they call it determinative. They are determinative numbers. In other words, they would have changed the outcome of all of those states. And I only needed, I guess, two big ones or three small ones. And uh, but all of those states would have changed. Uh, the vote totals would have changed. Uh, think about this. Uh, we have more votes in cases where you have more votes than you have voters. That should have been looked at before the numbers were sent up to the Senate to be approved. Or Mitch McConnell should have said, well, why is it that all these things took place? And that was then. Since then, as you know better than anybody, we've learned a lot more. And the Arizona audit, which yeah. the press just was fraudulent the way they covered it. They sure were. The Arizona, under findings, they had so many findings of bad things. No, it's a very sad thing. It's the I call it the crime of the century. And, you know, somebody said, well, is it the crime when there's no death? I said, of course there's death. Look at the southern border. There's death all over. Look at what happened in Afghanistan. All these things wouldn't have happened. We had the strongest border in history. Now we have the worst border in history. We might have the worst border of any country ever. Yeah. That's how bad it is.
0: Yeah, it's a serious situation right now. I'm so different from the way you left the country just eight nine months uh, ago.
1: It, it's like a different country. It is. It's a different look at look at inflation. Look at gasoline. One dollar and eighty six cents a gallon. It's going to be over five dollars five fifty. It's going to go to seven or eight dollars. Wow. That's bigger than three tax increases. Yep. You know, every time it goes up 50 or 60 cents, they say that's like a big tax increase for middle income people.
0: Yeah, it's so it's, true. Uh, the very people uh, Joe Biden think, uh, said he was trying to help. He's actually penalizing. Yeah.
1: It. You know, he's really helping a lot of people. Yeah. It's just nobody could believe it could be this bad. And I said it was going to be bad, but nobody could believe it was going to be this bad. Nobody could believe that we'd go into Afghanistan, take the soldiers out and leave $85 billion worth of equipment. The best equipment. Brand yeah. new helicopters that are. I won't even tell you how expensive they are. They are the best in the world. And now China has a couple and Russia has a couple. And they're going to re-engineer them, de-engineer. They're going to find out what makes them tick because they're the best and they'll copy them out. You know, it's just incredible to leave $85 billion worth of equipment. They say that Russia spends 50 billion a year in its military. We left $85 billion worth of equipment. It's mind boggling.
0: It's mind boggling. It really is. One last question on elections, mass mail ballots. It seems like we treated ballots like it was junk mail in this last election. Do you think Americans understand the consequence of that? What would you like to see happen in the next elections?
1: Well, it was junk mail. It was junk mail. And much of it wasn't delivered to Republican areas. I mean, look, you know, there's so many different reports. If somebody wants to question, i will say, give me just 24 hours. I'll get you some of the many, (laughs) many reports of, of the fraud and all the things that took place. And even, uh, I guess, Jimmy Carter and somebody did uh, reports uh, they long did, time James ago. did, James Baker, right? James Baker. And they did a report, and it said that mail-in ballots are a disaster for the country. They'll be cheating. You know, many people that you know got two ballots, three ballots, four ballots. Yes. The most I heard was seven, but they got a lot of ballots. The post office, the delivery, sometimes they get delivered, sometimes they don't. It is the greatest I'm telling you, it is the greatest fraud ever committed in this country, probably, but it is the crime of the century.
0: Do you feel good at least now that legislatures are stepping up into their role? Wisconsin's got an ongoing investigation. Do you feel like yes. some of that is vindication of what you were talking about?
1: Well it is, except, you know, our country has to come back a long way. We had this country spinning like a top. We had 160 million people working in this country prior to COVID, and then I gotta go in a second time. I really did it twice. And we handed it over to this group. And what they've done is incredible. Incredible. It's interesting, though, too. You know, you talk about the mandates. But when I was president, nobody talked about not getting the vaccine. It was very interesting. After I left, they talked about not getting it. And that's when they started talking about mandates. We didn't talk about mandates. Everybody was rushing to get it. And we were doing a lot. We were doing over a million a day. And, you know, we didn't have a ramp up time either. The military there did a great job. You know, we have great generals, but not the television guys, not the millies of the world. But we have great generals. We've defeated ISIS, the ISIS caliphate, 100 percent, by the way, and took out the two primary leaders. And you know who they were that nobody else was able to do. We did tremendous things. We have great generals, but the guys that you watch on television are not them.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty shocking. Uh, I think a people got a good dose of that during the hearings. Last yeah. question, because no, John, Durham, John Durham finally delivered his second indictment. And it really laid out just how the Clinton campaign put that Russia collusion thing into that channel many times, any way they could get it into the FBI. You've called this out for what it was from the moment it started. Yep. Do you feel like you have accountability yet? And if not, could you do something yourself to try to force accountability on the Russia case?
1: Well, I guess you could do civil unless Uh, you know, one of these New York people are going to do something, but they're radical left Democrats. You know, they investigate Republicans and me after years and years. It's gone on for years and years. And uh, they investigate me and they investigate others. But when things like this come about, this is really big stuff, what Durham has come up with. And let's hope the rest of it comes out. But even, and I think it will. I think a lot more. I think they're going a lot further. It's taken too long you know, just this one element. It shows one thing, that it was a con job. It was set up as a total con job, that Russia was just conceived by these people and thrown out there. It was a con of the American people. And it's absolutely criminal. It should never, ever be allowed to happen again. But I'm very interested to see what happens with the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth Durham reports, which I hope they're going to exist.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think there's more coming down the pike. You've seen a lot of activity.
1: I hope
0: so. Well, sir, I want to thank you so much for spending so much time with us. I know how busy you are, but our audience just loves what you stand for. And I can't thank you enough for the time today.
1: Well, I love what you stand for. You're a pro and you should have gotten the Pulitzer Prize because you frankly got it right. They got it wrong. They all got Pulitzer Prizes and they were all wrong on the Russia hoax. Uh, you got it right. And you, you sent a letter asking and the Pulitzer Committee to reject it now.
0: that's uh, I, that. actually
1: <laughs> said, I actually said they should take the Pulitzer Prizes back because based on the Durham report and before that, Mueller that's too, right. but based on all of this stuff, all of the reporting for three years was wrong. They should not be entitled to have a Pulitzer Prize. And let's see what Pulitzer does, the committee, because, you know, look, they probably won't do it because they're radical left. But it's a disgrace that they got a well, Pulitzer Prize. You put Prize them in the spot now. They
0: reports. have to respond.
1: Well, it's going to be very interesting to see how they respond. It sure will. Thank you very much for what you do, John.
0: Thank you, sir. Honor having you on the show today.
1: My honor. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you, sir. Bye-bye. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. All right, folks, welcome back. Wow, what a day. A big story on Benny Thompson resonating around America right now, broken by just the news. All the documents are there. And a big newsy interview with the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. Special thanks to President Trump for making time for you, the listeners. It's about you at the end of the day, answering your questions about everything from elections to January 6th to China to cancel culture. To what's going on in the schools. That is what we were able to accomplish A Big thanks to him for making the time. Always grateful every time a political leader of any party comes on this show. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you also follow our continuing coverage of the Benny Thompson controversy. We have a lot more to focus on in the next few days about that. I hope to get the son of the police officer who was killed in the line of duty in August 71, the one that Benny Thompson participated in a press conference blaming the officer for getting himself killed by lawfully executing a search warrant. We're going to try to get that son on. It turns out he's a judge in Mississippi and lots to talk about there. All right, that wraps it up for the day. May God bless you and may God bless this extraordinary country of the United States as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News.